I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up? What's up? We are back on the Already Friends podcast. I'm Allison. And this is Kara. And we have a very fitting topic for today, how to make and maintain friendships as an adult. We have a very special guest named Danielle. We will introduce her a little later on. We're going to start with some catching up and our peaks of the week, your guys' peak of the week, and then we'll dive right in. Yes. So Allison, what have you been up to? Every single week, me and Allison like genuinely catch up because we just, I don't know. This is like the only time we get to talk. Like you're both just like running around like chickens with our heads cut off at all times. So yeah, what's going on in your part of the world? Well, at the end of the last episode, we pre-recorded last week's. So I kind of talked about with 75 hard, how Clay and I were kind of like prepping and preparing for it. And Mm -hmm. that Previously, I didn't do my full research on the 75 Hard program, but after listening to Andy's podcast called Real AF and downloading the 75 Hard app and going to the FAQ page, I was like, okay, now I know exactly the intentions of the program, what it's for, and how I'm going to do it. So I'm now on day 14 and I feel amazing. If you guys are not familiar with the program, it's two workouts a day. One of them, both 45 minutes, one has to be outside, a gallon of water every day, 
progress picture every day, 10 pages of like nonfiction, self-help, business entrepreneurship type book, and no cheating, no cheat meals following a diet. So I'm not drinking alcohol. Well, everyone can't drink alcohol in the program and staying (laughs) vegan and Clay's doing a macro diet. But yeah, it's been awesome. The first five days, I uh, miscalculated the ounces of my water bottle. So I actually drank 175 ounces of water. And I was like telling Clay, I was like, bro, dude, this is so much water. And he's like, I'm just confused because you drink so much water already. Like this should be really easy for you. And I was like, I know, I thought so too. But I guess I was like not drinking as much as I thought. And he's like, let me see your water bottle. And yeah, I was overshooting it by a lot. And it was like the happiest I had been in like a month that I didn't have to drink like five extra water bottles of what I had because I was literally there at like 11.50 trying to get like, I don't know, 20 more ounces in. But yeah, I feel so, so good. I feel like I have so much time in my day. It's really helped me like structure everything. And I have to give a shout out to Jessica. She is a girl that messaged me yesterday and said that she started the program because of my stuff. So if you guys feel like it's for you, definitely recommend giving it a try. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be convenient. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a mental toughness program, not a fitness challenge. The fitness results are like a perk. They're not like the reason for doing it. Yeah. But yeah, that's oh, kind of that. been my life the last two weeks because pretty time consuming program, Mm -hmm. but I'm loving it and even have been able to keep it up with like having events at New Wave every day, like my sister's birthday, just getting it all in. And it's also taught me that like, so for this example, this morning, Jordan and I went for a walk because I have to get my, one of my workouts, I do a brisk 45 minute walk or jog. And we were like talking about doing dinner and I was like, well, if you want, you could join me for my walk. And then she was like, yeah, you know, like We always think this is actually kind of a perfect segue for this episode, but that we have to do things like going out to eat or drinking with our friends. But if you think about the things that you love to do in a day, why couldn't you invite your friend to go for the walk, to paint together, to cook a meal? Like you don't have to go and spend money and Mm -hmm. do stuff. I feel like everything revolves around spending money. So that's a great tip. Yes. Okay. Your turn. How was your trip? Tell us everything. Well, okay, you're inspiring me to do 75 hard now too. So that's like lingering <laughs> in the back of my mind. So um, thinking about that. So we'll we'll keep an update if I ever start that. But yes, so I just got back from Cabo. I had a wedding. I shot a destination wedding last Friday and it was so beautiful. Like we stayed at the Hard Rock in Cabo, which at first I was like, okay, like Hard Rock, like, I don't know, like a chain. I, you know, like it kind of sounds you know, whatever, maybe corny, but it was so nice. Like, so they built a Nobu hotel in the Hard Rock Los Cabos next to each other. And they used all the same architect. Like, I think it's the same company. Like, I think whoever owns Nobu Cabo also owns the Hard Rock. So like everything is just so well designed. Like I was so impressed. They opened in 2019. So it's only two years old. And yeah, it was just like a stunning property. Uh, everything was really well done. Like the food was really good because I've been to 
two other all-inclusive resorts in Mexico. And like, you definitely are ready to leave by the time because you're like, oh, the food's just like, okay. But no, the food was so good. Um, Yeah, it was a great experience. And the bride and the groom that I shot were awesome. Like, I literally have a video of me like dancing with the bride at the end of the night. Like, it's just like so funny. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I love when you can have fun with the, you know, the bridal party and stuff. So they were awesome. But then, yeah, so I went down there on Wednesday and then we had the wedding on Friday. So I had Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday to just chill. And so I got to bring my sister, McKenna, um, as a second shooter, which she did an amazing job. Go McKenna. And it's also McKenna's birthday today. Oh yeah, it is McKenna's birthday today. Happy Happy birthday, McKenna. McKenna. Um, We're just gonna call this the McKenna podcast. (laughs) She gets like a shout out every other episode. But yeah, so that was my weekend. It was really good. Nice and sunny. Lots of good food. Good company. I have a question. How many destination weddings have you shot? I've shot three. Where I think about that. I've shot in where somewhere not Denver, like somewhere outside in the mountains. I think it was like near Dillon, Colorado, somewhere near there. Somewhere, uh, I don't think it was exactly Dillon. I just remember that name. So I've shot in Colorado. I've shot in Maui, and then now Cabo. And not saying I necessarily want to get into destination weddings. (laughs) Like it's really fun. And it's gorgeous, but it's a lot of stress. It's like, it's a lot of work. It's pretty stressful. Like I definitely was so stressed at the airport leaving. Like, cause our driver grouped us with like another group. I guess there was two separate pickup times for like two separate groups. Like we had to leave at 1040 and someone else was leaving at 10 or sorry, we leave at 1020. Someone else was leaving at 1040. So we thought we we're going to have two separate rides, but then they just like put us together. So then those people are like five minutes late. So then we left our hotel like 1050. Our flight was leaving at like 111. So we got to the airport at like 1130. For an like international only, flight. For an COVID. international flight. Yeah. It was extremely stressful. Like we, and like, it's not only just an international flight. There's another step now where they have to check your negative COVID test. And like that line was literally an hour long, like just to check your COVID test. And I was like, oh my God, we're literally not going to make this flight. Luckily there were people behind us and we weren't checking any bags. Like we, like, I guess you can usually check it on the app and just like cut through. But since they were checking your COVID test, they weren't letting you check in on the app. So I couldn't just like get my ticket either. Like they were physically, you physically had to go to the front counter at this airport to get your ticket printed. It was so chaotic. And like, I couldn't find the immigration form that we got. We got oh, it. Like, it oh, I know exactly bag. what you're talking about. They, they give it, to you yeah, when you go into Mexico. Yes. I, mean, I knew it was on the bottom of my bag, but like I couldn't find it. And I was like freaking out. So I was like throwing my stuff everywhere. found it. Cause I honestly didn't know I needed it. I just put it on the bottom of my bag. So I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to like leave it down here. So just pro tip, if you're traveling internationally, just keep all the forms very accessible to um, when you're leaving the airport. So yeah, that was super stressful. And then at some point, I lost my Bose headphones case. Not the headphones. I'm wearing the headphones right now. But like, I don't even know where or when, like if it was when I was panicking and lost this immigration form and was opening my backpack to the whole airport because we had to get on the plane in 30 minutes or if it was like at another point, my case is just gone. So... Yeah, no one talks about when you're traveling. Obviously, it's really fun to go new places, but you're just going to lose stuff. Like, it just happens. And sometimes it's not that fun. (laughs) So, like, now I'm like, dang it, I got to buy a new case. I don't know. It's obviously, I'm so grateful to travel and stuff. But yeah, there's just like stressors that, like, I feel like no one preps you for. Yeah. And you were, it was a trip for work. Like, you had a lot of responsibilities Mm -hmm. while you were there. You weren't just sitting like, 
heels kicked up for five days. Yeah. Lot to worry like about. backing up all the photos, making sure I don't lose their entire life memories. Like I saw a TikTok that was like me as a wedding photographer, knowing that everyone at this wedding is relying on me to capture everything and not delete any of the photos or lose anything. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Same. How I'm did it, it work um, with having McKenna come? I, I had no oh, idea yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah, you know, it was great. Like having a second photographer or like a second shooter is just like such a relief because if anything were to happen, like at least you know you have someone else that has a camera that can, or like if you maybe like miss something, you just know there's going to be a, another camera like as a backup. But yeah, I, they, I guess like this whole wedding kind of happened pretty last minute because I guess what happened there original photographer about a month and a half ago had to get an emergency surgery. They kind of had a family, not them, I guess it was like a family emergency. So they asked me like literally a month ago, like last minute. And just, I guess another pro tip, make sure to get your passports guys, because I was the 40th four zero photographer that they asked to shoot all 39 before me. None of them had their passports. What? Yeah. Omaha photographers. Passports? Yeah. How do people like, not have a passport? I don't know. They were either expired or they just never got them. So like, they were like, thank God you have a passport. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, we, I don't know if it was actually 40. They said they reached out to like 40 photographers. Or yeah, maybe they, they had other issues too. ton of people Whoa. and none of them had their passports. So it's taking 12 weeks to get your passports right now. I think it usually takes about three, two to three weeks. It's taking the full 12 weeks. So if you're going anywhere internationally in the next four months, make sure you get that process because they're so behind. I also just think it's great to have because like think mm-hmm. of when you and I were in Marfa and like if we just wanted to pop over like to the other side of in Mexico, like we could have just driven over there and gone. Or like yeah. when Clay and I were up in Seattle and it's like, ooh, we should go up to Vancouver and like, go sightsee a little bit. Like you can just go. I can't imagine not having a passport. It's like not having a yeah. driver's license. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. So, Pro tip is just like, you should just get it because it'll come in handy. Whatever the yeah. cost is, it pays itself off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. especially with like how delayed they are. Go get it guys. Sorry, that was like a long rant. I apologize. No. But yeah, I just got from Cabo. So there we go. I feel like we're just at a stage in our life where no matter what we're doing, if we're traveling, like there's work involved. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I could ever go somewhere now at this point and like not be working. Because no matter what, I'm like collecting inspiration. I, we're like taking photos. We're trying to make TikToks. We're trying to take get content for Instagram. We're trying to network. Like, no, I, I'm going thrifting. I can't imagine what a trip would be like without having to worry about like all the things. I know. I even like halfway through the trip, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not taking enough iPhone videos because I need to make like a vlog when I get back on TikTok or like just like things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I feel that. But are you feeling um, like with potentially starting 75 hard, like because you just got back from vacation, like are you feeling? Oh yeah. I just got back from an all-inclusive, like feeling like I've definitely stepped out of my habits. I need to get back on the habit of working out every day. I did walk this morning. I walked two miles. Yay. Did a little hot girl walk. And then I did this virtual workout in my living room. Obi Fitness is what it's called. I think Delaney Childs does it. She's like an influencer, I think both me and Allison follow. I think she posts about it, but they're just like, follow is putting it lightly. I might stalk her. (laughs) Um, Definitely watch all the stories, all the posts. Yeah. But I think she's posted about it before and they sent me a free trial. So I'm trying it out, but yeah, kind of like the Peloton workouts that I usually do. Just like those hit workouts or dance. 
I did a just a hit one today. So good for you. I just didn't feel like physically going to the gym this morning. I was like, I'm just going to put on a workout, do it in my living room. Margo thought we were playing. She kept like pawing me and like trying to, I'm like, Margo, stop. I'm doing crunches right now. Oh my God. (laughs) Last night, Peaches, I got home from the gym and she had eaten grass and she puked into the crack of the couch. So it took me forever to like get it out of the crack. As I'm doing that, pukes on the sheets. It's like 10 p.m. So then I have to wash all of the sheets and like get them dried and everything. And then this morning we woke up to more puke on the living room floor. I'm like, peaches. Come on, man. No. I know. Why, she- why do dogs eat grass? Margo does that too. And then she throws up too. Yeah. I just, and she's like looking at me as I'm cleaning it up. I'm like, yeah, dude, <laughs> <laughs> this was you. This is so, you. Sorry to gross anyone out, but I'm, I know. I feel like sorry. every dog does that. Yeah. At some point in time. Usually, usually it's ghost. So Peaches never used to eat grass, but ghost taught her to eat grass. And so <laughs> I was like, Clay and I were looking at each other and, I, and he was like, I can't even be mad because my dog taught your dog to do that. And I was like, facts. <laughs> ghost like, it's pretty tasty, Peach. Try it out. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And then so as she's puking, she's probably like glaring at him like, bro, you did not tell me it. <laughs> So if you're a dog, any dogs out there that are listening, (laughs) don't eat the grass, guys. Okay, okay. Let me pull up everyone else's peak of the week and oh wait, did you say your peak? Um, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh my god. Okay, I'm a huge proponent. Proponent means like you're a fan, right? Like you strongly back. Yeah. Okay. Or wait, yeah, yeah. Proponent, pro something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of work in secret, share your results. There's just a lot of people out there that will take your ideas or cast bad intentions over your ideas. And so, just in general, I'm, I try to keep things on the DL, especially because things change and like, especially with business or ideas, like you have hurdles that you have to get through a lot of the time. So for me, I don't like to say something until I know it's like set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been working on a lot of things the last two weeks. That I like can't really say stuff yet that are like super exciting. And that's also, I've been like more quiet on Instagram and TikTok because I'm like trying to do those things with the hope that down the line, then I can like, you know, share about them. So I guess my peak of the week would be making progress on those projects. That I have been wanting to work on for a long time and I'm finally getting to them. So Yay. Not to be, what are, what's like the cringy influencer thing that where they're like, stay tuned for more. And oh, <laughs> working on a project. project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I literally have like the same peak of the week. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. All of a sudden, I just got asked to do a lot of projects lately. Oh my God. We sound like such cringy LA influencers <laughs> that they make like TikToks about. Yes, I'm working on a project. Because if it's not just your thing, you can't, like, there's confidentiality too. And I think it is a thing with social media. Like, there's never been more of a real-time sharing of things. Like, in in the 90s, if someone was working on something, no one knew until it was done. Yeah. So, I think it is just kind of like a social media thing. Like, we want to share updates about our lives. But if it's not set in stone, I have a philosophy. Like, if I'm not booked for a shoot... Like I can get booked for shoots like weddings or 
travel stuff. Like if I'm not literally on that country's like physical territory, I'm not telling anyone that I'm going there. Or like if I'm not physically at the shoot with my feet on the ground next to a camera, I'm not saying like I'm going somewhere for work because like things just change all the time. I agree. And then I feel like you're like jinxing it. And then if you don't do it, people are like, wait, I thought you were doing this or you were going there. And you're like, yeah, well it changed. And then you're like, upsetting people or disappointing people or like inviting questions that you don't want. And then I also Mm -hmm. feel like that's the case too, like especially more of like on an idea side, like I like to work through things in my own way at my own time. And then when people start bombarding me with questions, I'm like, I am maybe not at that stage of the development process yet. So it's a little premature for you to be asking that, which is making me work faster or in a way that I I wouldn't want to. Right. I don't know. So yeah. Anyway, creative problems. Yeah. Yeah. My peak of the week was that I've got some cool things planned. I can probably share within like the next couple of weeks, but got reached out to some cool things. And one of those things, I recently got asked to be a TikTok partner, like a creator partner, uh, reached out from TikTok. So I get to create a couple different posts a week for them. That is awesome. on my page. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty fun. I'm like, wait. Like the TikTok creator fun? Is that what you mean? Not the creator fun. Like there's like a, they have a community team at TikTok that works directly with creators to, I don't know, they kind of like, so you have like a connection at TikTok and they have connections with their creators and you kind of, you're like, I guess what I'm a part of is like the learn on TikTok creator community. I don't even know what they call it, but basically I'm a TikTok partner and I'm making videos to teach people things so that they can learn on TikTok. So I get to post a couple of videos like that each week. So So basically what you're already doing with more perks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, awesome. they're like, do you want to be in this? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fun. So yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks. It doesn't surprise me a bit, but I also was thinking about this. You know how when you say to someone like, I'm so proud of you, how it could get taken. Like if someone says that to you, you could kind of be defensive about it because it's almost making it seem like you weren't capable of that or like you came so far for someone to be like, I'm so proud of you that you like are doing that. I think a lot of times people take it in a defensive way rather than like, I'm so happy for you. Because sometimes I like will say to people, like, I'm so proud of you. And then I think that they are like, oh, well, like I've got it. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. I just mean like good for you or like I'm happy for you or you seem to be finding your groove. Not like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't think that you were capable of that. Yeah, I think that's something that our guest today kind of maybe slightly touches on. But also that's kind of on that person. Like that's about being self-confident and not feeling insecure about, you know, or feeling like an imposter syndrome. If you're saying you're proud of someone... That's like a good thing. I don't think that if they're if they're the one reacting like that, that kind of means that maybe they feel a little insecure about like not being enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. I feel like if someone's proud of you, it's that's like a great thing. Like, I don't know. I just think about like a grandparent or like a parent, like, or that one sound on TikTok that I think you play is like, I'm so proud of you. Like, it's genuine. I don't think. But I know what you mean. Like sometimes when I do comment that, I'm like, oh, I hope they don't think I'm above them. I yes. think that's what it comes from. It's like, oh, I'm so proud of you for doing this because like I I'm above you. But no, yeah, that's it's not, not the saying other that. person receiving it. Yeah. Or at least when we say it, I guess. Yeah, I have to, if we're doing all the plugs today, Clay and I did make a joint TikTok since we've last talked <laughs> yes. about TikTok. It's uh, at Clay and Allison. We have probably like 10 videos and we're trying. So be gentle. <laughs> Go give them a follow. Throw a like their way. 
Yeah. Any like will help. <laughs> At this no, point. you guys are killing it. Like your first two videos already went viral. So it's only on the up from here. What is considered viral? Mm. Is there an actual number? Okay. I guess. I don't know. Honestly, I use that term very loosely. So <laughs> maybe viral is like a million. So maybe like, I mean, they're doing really well. You almost had like half a million views on like one of your first videos. So whatever that is. We got a hot start. Yeah, like a really good go. start. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, what even is viral? I feel like everyone's gone viral these days. I know, because everyone's perception of viral is different. Like to you, it's What's probably a million. perception? I guess, yeah, I feel like viral would mean like it's on a lot of people's phones. Like a lot of people are exposed to it. So I would I would say like at least a million views is viral. I think but so I don't too. Know. But then there's also like, maybe it blew up is like everything below a million. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yes, 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 yes. Because you're right. Viral is definitely like widespread, but you could still like, I still think if you have like 300,000 views, like that's still blowing up. Yeah. That's huge. Cool. Think about that. That's so many people. Like our perception of what's viral is so different from even just like five years ago. Yeah. Now everyone has a video that has had a million views. Not everyone. It's okay if you don't have a... Oh, no. Okay. I just meant like, like Indie Blue, one of the influencers we talked about, like she went viral back in 2016 and like has grown a massive following because it was so hard to go viral back then. Yeah, that's Whereas true. like, I think anyone could be capable of it. Whereas no. like back then, I don't think I could have ever gone viral for anything. Or back then it had to be like really, really good. Like now you can go viral, like stubbing your toe. And like yeah. it can be like meaningless to where like before if something was going <laughs> to yeah. like sweep the internet, it had to be really substantial. Right. And there was no platform naturally letting people go viral at the yeah. time. Like you really had to have like the perfect combination of talent and luck. Which Timing is like in her and case. all that. Yeah. Yeah. As like a videographer for her, having like a really cool video go viral and stuff. So let it be told once again, get on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> From Kara. Absolutely. I would not be on TikTok if it wasn't for Kara, but I'm trying. So if I can do it. I even told this girl the other day, she was like, she posted on Instagram that she was going to start a fashion blog. And I was like, dude, don't, don't do it. Just get on TikTok. She was like, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it makes me uncomfortable too, but I'm trying. Yeah. I think that... Yeah, you know, I, you're preaching the choir. I, yeah, 100% agree. Okay, okay. All right, now we're going to read your guys' Peak of the Weeks. So if you want to be featured, make sure to follow our Instagram at Rorody Friends and send in your Peak of the Week each week. And sorry to be all over the place, but we don't really post it at a certain day or time. So (laughs) whenever we get to it is when you get to it. So you just have to check all the time. (laughs) Yeah, so just follow. You can see (laughs) And watch every story. Um, Amazing. Okay. I'll read Bella's. She has gluten-free, vegan, and nut-free bread. Um, She sold out at the farmer's market and her pop-up this past weekend. That is awesome because she's just a young entrepreneur. And if you guys want really good gluten-free bread, Bella Bread. (laughs) Bellabread.co on Insta. Yes. I order it and have it delivered to my house and it's so good. And this is in Omaha? Yeah, I'm actually having her pop up at New Wave on Saturday. My stepbrother Amazing. introduced us. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Bryce. It looks delicious. I'm looking on Instagram right now. Bellabread.co at Omaha, Nebraska. Check her out, guys. Yep. And she will do different stuff at the farmer's markets. And I think she will even deliver around Omaha for like five bucks. So, yes. 
And this peak of the week comes from Bridget D. She signed a gorgeous apartment in Toronto and it will be starting grad school in September to be an OT. Congrats, Bridget. That's so exciting. Toronto's dope. Good for her. I wish I could live in Toronto. That'd be so sick. Do you want to hear something mind-blowing? Yes. You're not going to believe me. You're going to pull up the map. Toronto is horizontally equal to Omaha. That's nuts. So they have the same weather then? Like, you know what? Like picture the United States of America. Wouldn't you think like Toronto is so north? Well, isn't it the same with New York? Because I think someone told me this about New York and I like couldn't believe them. Is New York on the same as Omaha too? Because I knew, isn't Toronto near New York? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of up there. Like where the lakes are, I think. Let's see. Toronto. Yeah, that is mind blowing. That's hard to really conceptualize. Okay, I guess it's like a smidge above, but like, yeah, that part of Canada like dips way south for a second. Like there's a lot of the United States that is north of parts of Canada. That's nuts. Because like, yeah, Maine is way, way north of Toronto. <laughs> what? Now I'm looking at a map. Are you too? Same. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. A little What's geography Newfoundland? Lesson? We need to figure out what that is. And Labrador? What the? <laughs> that is so far north. I do want to go to Nova Scotia at some point. I think a girl when we did mm. um, where our listeners from, someone said Nova Scotia. So Wait, shout out to you. so cool. <laughs> We're going to come. We're just going to show up at your door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Amazing. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're doing the most. So for today's guest, we have Danielle Jackson. She is a friendship expert and Kara is way better at reading the bios. So I'm going to put this on Kara. So this week's guest is Danielle Bayard Jackson. She's a certified friendship coach in Tampa, Florida, and recently has been featured by NBC News, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, TED, and many other media outlets. She's huge. She's on TikTok, which many of her videos have gone viral, which viral, viral, myself, <laughs> like actual viral, viral, viral. <laughs> Myself and Allison have seen her videos several times on our For You pages, and she speaks nationally to women's organizations, sports teams, tons of different groups about friendship, how to cultivate friendships, how to keep friendships, what you're doing that might be causing friendships to end. Just really good tips because as you'll learn in this episode, having good friends is so important, not only to our mental well-being, but even our physical health. So she recently secured a book deal to pitch a book to large publishers. This girl is killing it. And when she reached out, about coming on the podcast, we absolutely had to accept because it's so in line with our philosophy and kind of what this whole podcast is about. Yeah, we really think that you guys will enjoy this. We enjoyed it and it was very helpful for me and gave me a lot of peace of mind about maybe like some friendship breakups that I'd had or some confusing interactions. So I think no matter, even if you have a lot of friends or you're seeking new friends or you've had friend breakups, like there's definitely something to gain from this episode. All right, with that, here is Danielle. Danielle Byer Jackson. I am a certified friendship coach. And typically when I tell people that, you know, you kind of get the the suspicious eyebrow raise of like, is that a real thing? And I'm like, it's a real thing. 
And so, you know, when I was younger, it's not like it was on my vision board when I was growing up. Like, I want to be a coach. I actually fell into it. So I was actually a high school English teacher for six years. And I would often hear the girls between classes or after class, they'd come to me and be talking about some kind of drama. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was like coaching them through. And then after six years in the classroom, I left and I got into public relations. And I made the foolish mistake of thinking, oh, you know, I'm working with adults now. These are like high-powered women. They've got it together. That was high school drama. That was teenage stuff. But then when I found myself working with like high-powered, ambitious women, sometimes during our conversation, they're talking to me about um, not having any friends at all because they're so focused on their career or, you know, being lonely or having friendship drama. And that's when I realized, um, oh, this is a thing. Like this is something that women struggle with, like in every stage of womanhood. And long story short, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole to see like, is friendship coaching a thing and like Googling it. And so, you know, I already had my education background then I got certified to coach. And so for the past two years, I've been serving women in this specific way. And it's been a really fun journey so far. Wow, that's really cool. I'm with you that I think I wouldn't have known exactly what being a friendship coach all would have entailed, but it makes sense that no matter how old you are, whether you're like in your adolescence to young adulthood to moving to a new town, it's a problem that you just have to navigate. Yeah, and all those things you just said are exactly what people will come to me with. So they're like, well, what does a coach do? I mean, the same way you'd get like a business coach. If you say you're going to get a business coach, people are like, wow, you are so like legit. That's such a wise move. Or if you're like, oh yeah, my my partner and I are going to go to counseling. We're like, oh my gosh, good for you. You say you're going to a friendship coach and people look at you like, what is wrong with you? But I would argue, why is it normal to get help in every other area? But friendship, we're like, you don't have that figured out. And so it can be anything from like a 75 minute session and we just go in on whatever the issue is um, to like a series of sessions and out of the box exercises. But it's really cool to see the transformation that happens from the beginning to the, the time that we're done. So it's been really fun. That's so cool. I am so excited to hear more about this. I think before we want to get into that, Let's hear more about you. Where are you from? Um, what part of the country are you living in? Give us all those details. So I am in sunny Tampa, Florida. Um, you might know us as like, you know, the most recent Super Bowl champ. So that's been really cool. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm I'm married. I have a son. I'm pregnant with my second. And oh my um, I just do, you know, I, I'm doing the family life. And, you know, it's cool to kind of be like a working mom. And, you know, I have a son, but I'm, you know, pregnant with a girl. And so it's already got me thinking like, gosh, you know, how do I model for her like, what healthy friendship is and how to be a friend to other people. Like it's not just about you, which is a common thing I see from women like, oh, I want a friend who does this, 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 this. I'm like, okay, cool. Are you ready to do that too? Because it's it has to be reciprocal. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool to see how what I do professionally kind of blends over to personal life too. Um, because all that stuff, it's all connected. It's all related. You being pregnant got me thinking about a whole nother thing because I feel like a lot of young girls and their moms, they like have this awkward dynamic of like, I want you to be my mom and I want you to be my friend. And I feel like that experience of having a daughter is going to open your eyes to like that whole other realm of friendships because it is a really unique experience. I feel like every girl has that kind of like, is my mom my friend, my friend, my mom? And like, where do you draw the line? Yes. Oh my gosh. So much, uh, so much drama potentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's also interesting. Okay, so you have two businesses, one being your friendship coaching. What's the other one? So I'm actually, I'm a publicist by day. So I help uh, female entrepreneurs get more shine for their businesses. Um, and I kept that going when the friendship coaching started because I was so surprised that, you know, here I am having a conversation about business, but it's just so interesting how it becomes connected to friendship. Like we're talking about maybe a big campaign that's coming up or getting her media coverage somewhere. And maybe she talks about, you know, having the jitters before a big interview because of something hurtful a friend said to her five years ago about how she is on camera. You know, so it's so weird to see like, oh my gosh, this is, it just all blends together. You know, as much as we try to compartmentalize, I think sometimes you, you really can't. That is so right. true. And, or yeah, you're like going to go have your big day and you're like, wow, my best friend didn't even say like, good luck or reach out. Yes. Yes, exactly. I say, like, I love what you said in the beginning, how when you're looking for a new friend, you know, everyone always has these like criterias of things they're looking for, but you have to reciprocate it. Do you want to elaborate on that? Do you feel like most people that come to you need work themselves and feel like everyone else is the problem or how do you navigate that? I would say it's about 75% of women coming to me about their friends and they're not Mm -hmm. this enough. They're not that enough. And 25% come in with a high level of self-awareness and the problem they're bringing is themselves. At least they think it's themselves, you know? So it's like, I feel like I'm really bad at keeping up with friends. And I think that's why I'm kind of like feeling lonely right now, but I know that's on me. You know, what can I do to keep momentum? Uh, So there's like, I would say a quarter of women who come to me are like, help fix me because I, I think I'm dropping the ball. But it's mostly like, even if we blog or do a TikTok video, if I'm talking about somebody else, and as I talk to you, the audience member, and I'm talking to you, like you are the victim, those perform better. If I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm giving you a little tough love. Let's call you out. Here's some th- you know, <laughs> things you need to stop doing. They don't perform as well. I mean, I think they're just as good, but they don't perform as well because we all like to think like, yeah, that's why my friendships, you know, are poor because my friends don't reach out enough. They don't initiate. They and it's like that is all probably very true. But how have you addressed that? How have you contributed to that? How have you and so it really is I found that the people who are the best friends to others tend to have a high level of self-awareness and self-confidence. They tend to be better friends. And so, you know, I think as long as you realize oh, wait a second, you know, I might be at fault here a little bit too. I think that's a good thing to recognize that. Yeah, 100%, because a lot of that is just projecting. And if you don't know how to be a good friend to yourself and treat yourself right and do your own inner work, then that's going to make it really tough to be there for someone else and hold space for them and go out of your way to do kind things for them if you can't even do that for your own self. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I think you want to talk about was the power of female friendship. And I guess why all this is so important. So do you kind of want to talk about why people should be thinking about their female friendships and other than, you know, just having a social life, like why it is so much more important than just that? Yeah. You know, first I'll say I have had a few comments recently, you know, in the TikTok videos that go viral and stuff like that. And people are like, why are you just talking to women? Why are you just... And I understand all that. And I think at the end of the day, if you really lean into what I'm saying, like 75% of it applies to just everybody. Like it's just relational, you know, like here's how to talk to people. Here's how to show up better. Um, But the reason why I specialize in female friendship is because 
biologically, culturally, you know, things are just so different. Um, and that's all rooted in research. And so because of that, it allows me to go deeper if we're talking about women specifically, because there's a lot of stuff there that affects how we communicate with each other. And, and I'm sure you ladies have seen like those unspoken, unwritten girl code and subtext and, and just all those things. And because of how we're conditioned when we grow up, you know, to be likable. And so we don't really verbalize when we are upset because it's not attractive to be unlikable. Like there's so many things that affect women differently. And so I'll start with that. Um, but as far as like the power female friendship, you know, I know it's very hot right now to be like, yeah, like girl power and like, yeah, like, you know, all that stuff. But it's like, even though it's like cute on a tote bag or a wine glass, it's actually really true. You know, um, there's research that shows us, you know, a lot of us are familiar with the flight or fight uh, concept. You know, when you get stressed, do you freeze? Do you, you know, what do you do? And so in the 90s, they did that study again, but this time with women. And they found that we have a greater range. We have fight or flight or tend or and befriend. And that means that we'll actually seek out the company of another woman when we're stressed. And when we come together and kind of help each other through, it actually releases oxytocin, which decreases the stress that we had in the first place. And so I always joke, I know it's a stereotype, like, oh, where are you going to go run, tell your girls? And it's like, yes, I am, because that's the only way I'm going to like survive the situation. And so I'm very aware. I know there's you know, girl drama and, and stuff that, you know, I think is just really, you know, uh, toxic that's penetrated like woman to woman relationships, but they are very unique. Um, and also I just believe, you know, we have so many shared experiences and so you can be friends with anyone, of course, but there's something about being loved on by another woman, talking to a woman who gets it, going through a patriarchal society with a woman who understands the struggle and we could just be like, oh my God. And you just look at her across the room. She's like, I know, you know, and so um, <laughs> female friendship is, is really important. Um, and so, um, so like I said, the, the content's helpful to everyone, but it's kind of been a blessing to just like lean in on this specifically because it is so nuanced. But as far as like friendship in general, but this is important for women too, in terms of like the benefits, a lot of times when we think of friendship, we think like, oh man, I need people to go to brunch with. Like I have a lot of clients who will come and they're like, I need mm -hmm. more friends. And, I'm, and I ask a lot of prompting questions. Well, why do you need more friends? Like, tell me what you're talking about. Because there's a difference between you mm -hmm. need more social activity buddies and you need more friends. And a lot of us are using that word way too loosely. If you're coming to me because you want to learn how to network and get some people to hang out with, we could do that. But if you're talking to me about, man, I feel like I don't have like closeness with people. Like I, I don't feel connected. That's something totally different. Which one do you want? And so in terms of like quality friendships, research shows us that when it comes down to uh, what makes you feel most satisfied with your life, it is not your marital status. It is not your income. It's the quality of your relationships. So yeah, that includes romantic relationships as well, but friendship is at the heart of any romantic relationship. And so, you know, they're telling us that, you know, being lonely is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And I mean, I feel like we all know better and we're like, oh my gosh, of course I wouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't do that. But we think about that in terms of cigarettes. But with friendship, we've convinced ourselves culturally like, oh, it's okay to cancel plans constantly, to not see people. Oh, I'm just an introvert. I'm going to stay to myself. And then simultaneously wonder why we are physically sick, 
have high levels of anxiety and depression. You know, our bodies are not doing well. You know, it's all connected. And so I wish we talked about friendship more from a wellness perspective because I think we take it more seriously and have a little more urgency. Jeez, that is crazy. I guess I wanted to ask, say you're someone who has like two or three close friends and you feel like you need those friends. Because like, like I know for me, I've always been someone who only has like two or three close friends. Like in high school, I never had the big friend group. How do you deal with that if you feel like you want to be in a big friend group and like go on those fun trips and have like those 12 people at brunch? But like, how do you navigate that when maybe you don't need that actually? Yeah. So, you know, at the risk of sounding life coachy, you know, people will come to me because I'm really big on try this, 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 use these scripts, do this strategy. Like I'm big on, tell me what to do because I feel like that's missing in a lot of conversations. Even when psychologists are giving, you know, like they're writing this, you know, detailed article with research, it's very conceptual, but it leaves you like, right, right, right. So like, what do I do? And that's my jam. So even though that's my jam and I like talking about like action, I always start with, but why though? Because it helps me understand mm-hmm. like, where are we going with this? Why is it that you are so hungry for a large group? Because sometimes I'll ask that in a session and it comes down to like not feeling like you yourself are worthy, fun, or interesting unless it's validated by a whole bunch of people. Even though you have closer relationships, more platonic intimacy in the friendships you have, why do you still feel dissatisfied? Now I understand the whole desiring to be a part of a group. Like we're wired for connection. It's fun to feel like you're a part of like a big you know, squad. It does feel good. And that makes sense. I just don't want us to prioritize it over recognizing, man, if you have two to three solid friends, you know, lucky you are like, that is great. Um, But when it comes to being a part of a group, which is fun, you know, one thing I like to say, I'll give two tips, you know, in terms of if you see a friendship group and you're trying to break in, because I could either do like trying to break into a group or you're trying to form your own group, um, which we don't do a lot. We just want to be in one. And I'm like, have you ever considered starting your own? And here are the steps to do it. But if you're trying to get into a friend group, you know, a couple things. The first is I think we make the mistake of trying to get in with a group as a collective. And so we go in acting over familiar and we're trying to be like a part of everything they do together. But we forget that they already kind of have this ecosystem they've built. And it's very obvious that you're kind of like the outlier and you're trying to get in with the whole squad. And so the biggest tip I have there is to try to get in with people as individuals and then eventually they bring you into the fold. And so if I can find ways to have one-on-one moments with them, just individually and have our moment, whether it's we form an inside joke or I help them with something, or I'm like, Hey, can I help, you know, can I ask you for advice on something? Like we need our own thing. Then eventually it makes sense that I gradually brought into like the group fold. And now I'm also included on the invites for brunch and things like that. Um, And then the second thing I'll say is to communicate your desire. I know it feels awkward. I know it feels like, oh my gosh, what if they reject me? What if I look desperate? But we don't say what we want enough because we're scared it looks lame. And so if you see, you know, a friend of yours who went to brunch with a bunch of people, you know, why not say to her like, oh my gosh, yeah, I saw you guys' pictures last weekend that look like so much fun. Listen, the next time you go, let me know. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get more plugged in. That's it. But sometimes we don't even think to include people because it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you were interested. I had no idea. And so at least make the desire known and then you can go from there. But I think if you keep those two things in mind, if you do have a goal of trying to be in a friend group, those are some tactical ways to kind of get the party started. I would love to hear you expand on the other side too of how to make your own friend group. 
Because that's definitely, yeah. I feel like that's kind of more like what I've done is I never really fit into like other groups and they all, like you just said, they have their own ecosystem going and I don't know, I didn't vibe with it. So now I feel like I've brought in like all these people like through the store into my own thing, but it was really subconscious. So I haven't really analyzed until now this conversation and even realizing it. That's what I kind of started to do. Would you break it down? Yes. Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of a checklist because my my how-to steps of how to do this, you know, are in the in my program, you know. So I gotta shout that out because mm-hmm. I'm a businesswoman after all. But <laughs> yes. um, so that's that betterfemalefriendships.com. But um, <laughs> you know, if you're like, man, I really want to have, you know, a group of my own, the first thing I'm gonna tell you is to manage your expectations. Because a lot of us won't admit it, but we have this fairy tale of like, oh my gosh, it'd be so cool. There's like six of us and we're always available at the same time to do everything together. And no one's closer, you know, we're all equally close. There aren't any clicks inside of it. Like we have these expectations and then we get really discouraged when that doesn't happen. So let's just start with, okay, why do you want the group? Some people might not vibe and that's okay. And two people might be available, but three aren't. So research tells us that, you know, 50% of people, when they hang out, they're hanging out in pairs. So it is the most common way to be together is two people. And then I think it's like 18% are like a group of three and then like 9% a group of four. And it goes down more and more. So even right there, that fantasy of hanging out with like a squad of eight people all the time is not real. But if you're like, no, I want to get together with a group. Um, Here's an example. So recently I have friends who they're all in these little silos. And I thought like, they'd really love each other. Like, I know that these are like good women. They would love each other. And so I formed a group text. And well, first I messaged them individually. And I was like, hey, what's your availability look like over the next couple of weekends? And I coordinated that. Then put them in a group text and was like, hey, you guys don't know each other, but you should. And I was thinking we should go to lunch next Saturday at this new place that opens up. I'm thinking like, I don't know, like one-ish. And just we'll go grab wine afterwards. And then we'll be done in like two hours. Because that's something that's missing from invites a lot of times as we say like, oh, we should get together. But you're more inclined to hear yes, the more specific you are, because people want to preview their experience. So tell them we're meeting here at this time. It shouldn't be more than two hours. People need to know. And so, yes, it kind of matters that you bring people with personalities you know will blend well. There's not that girl who's super loud or who over talks people and makes it about herself because that's going to affect the vibe. So people who kind of have the same temperament, who you know would be excited to meet other people. There was one woman who I was not going to invite because she's so like amazing and I admire her in every way. And I almost talked myself out of it. I was like, she's like super dope. Like there's no freaking way, you know, she already has her friend group. There's no way she's going to like come to this thing. And don't, you know, after an hour, she pulled me aside and she was like, Hey, thank you for inviting me. Cause I don't have anybody to do this with. And I was, I was shocked. I mean, she is beautiful, smart, extroverted. And I had no, I had no idea. And so, you know, sometimes taking that plunge of like, you know what? Why don't I just bring people together on my own? It You'd be surprised at the outcome, but we're so scared that people are going to think we're weird. They're going to say no. They're going to say they're busy. And all of that is totally possible. It's equally possible that they're like, oh my gosh, 
Thank you so much for inviting me. This was amazing. And so, you know, it's it's about taking the risk. It's about doing a little coordinating. And it's about not always being passive and saying, gosh, nobody invites me. When's the last time you said, let me coordinate something by myself? And so there's so much power in that. And I think once women realize, oh, wait a second, that's an option. I think they'd be surprised at the outcome. Piggybacking off a little of what you said about pairs and groups of three, I feel like in my experiences, groups of three haven't really worked out very well because it like kind of turns more like competition-y or like someone's feeling left out or they think the other person's talking about them, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And that's why those those pairs are so... Um common and such the default to hang out because it's easy to reciprocate. So like I talk, then you talk, then I talk. There's not like one person who's not included or she feels like we're talking too much and not involving. There's none of that. If I want to hang out, I don't have to coordinate with two people. I just ask one person like, do you want to go grab a coffee? And so the two person thing, there's a certain magic to it because it does feel balanced and you don't have those questions. However, yes, I know that trios are popular, but they do come with a little trickiness to navigate. And I think that, you know, trios are totally possible. I've been a part of them myself, but I think there are just some things we have to be mindful of so that those problems don't sneak up on you and you're like, oh, what the heck happened? You need to almost anticipate them and squash them before they happen. And so, you know, I have a podcast, it's called the Friend Forward Podcast. And we had an episode on how to navigate a trio because it can get really tricky. And so the first thing is, One, if you notice that two of the girls hang out without you, you cannot let your brain go to paranoia. Why are they conspiring Mm -hmm. against me? What's that mean? Are they talking? You cannot let your mind go there every time they do their own thing. It's actually really healthy for them to do their own thing. Now, as long as you two, you know, you guys have your own thing, but you should be spending time one-on-one in the group and then have this collective trio. That's great. Um, If you're getting super obsessed with that, let that be a reminder to you that you should have other friends. Sometimes we get sucked into like, this is my group. And when something happens with the group, we fall apart. And it's like, did you realize you've been neglecting these five other people in your life who've been sending you invites, asking you to happy hour, asking you, you've been neglecting them because you always want to do things in the squad. And so sometimes we become obsessed with that trio. And if it's not going the way we thought, we're like, oh my gosh, all my friends are gone. What's happening with all my friends? There's, if you just like put your head on a swivel and look the other way, you'd be like, oh snap, there's these people who've been like eager to hang out with me. So that's the first thing is hanging out one-on-one is actually really healthy. The second thing is to make sure you are not talking crap about each other in a trio. As soon as you do, I'm sorry, as soon as you talk crap about one, you have almost like planted this seed of doubt. So now you probably do have paranoia when the two of them go out because you know that when y'all two are together, you are talking crap. So now you are going to be suspicious that they're doing it too because you've already introduced that in the group. You should almost be working to do the opposite. If two of them fall out and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck in the middle, you should be doing things to get them back together. Like, yeah, I know it seems like she overreacted a little bit and she does that sometimes, but I think it's just because she's, you know, really likes our opinion and she doesn't want us to disapprove. I think that's the reason she's doing it. You should talk to her. Like your job should be to constantly work to make sure everybody is good. Um, If you do find that you guys are out and two are engaging in a conversation and it feels like they're leaving you out, you're going to be tempted to say, oh my gosh, look, they're leaving me out again. And just kind of be in your head instead of trying to ask questions to get in. I mean, not being obnoxious, but if they're talking about Jack and you don't know who Jack is, you can easily say like, oh my gosh, Jack sounds really 
um, Jack sounds really hot. I need you to tell me more about Jack. You know, like <laughs> yeah. there are ways to like jump in and involve yourself mm-hmm. instead of having a pity party. Um, but again, if you're one of the girls and you are a little bit closer to one than the other in a group, that's okay. That that happens. It's not, you know, it's not, we're not robots. So I can't put you on a setting and everybody equally likes each other. Sometimes you might bond right now because you're both going through a breakup or your parents are getting divorced or you're going through a hard class at school. So now you two are a little closer because you're bonding. So that's fine. But maybe when you're in a group, you have to be mindful of, okay, are we going down a rabbit hole and we haven't included her for like 10 minutes? Let me make sure we pause this. We can do this later. Let me bring her back in. You have to do that if the trio is important to you because you want to be mindful of how people feel. And so it's totally healthy to thrive in a friend group, but I think avoiding gossip, um, not getting obsessed with being left out and it becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because you withdraw because you think they don't want you. So then you stop talking. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think being mindful of those things uh, makes it so that it can be really successful to be in a group of three. I love that you said do not gossip because I feel like that is such a big part of friendship breakups or just like the fallouts that people have with their friends. It always stems from like a communication issue, I feel like. And yeah, sometimes it is like speaking ill of someone. So as dumb as it sounds, but like what's your best tip for telling someone to not talk crap about others? Because it's way easier to you know, get once something is said, it's so easy to like start a conversation around something negative about somebody rather than speaking positive about people. Like, I just feel like that is how it is in group situations. Like, what's your best tip for teaching someone how to nip it in the bud? Like, stop doing that. So the first thing is to uh, respond by not responding. And so it's not fun to gossip with somebody who's not giving it back. And so if she says something about somebody being a hot mess, then you can just say, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And that you know, eventually it subsides because you're no fun to gossip with. The second thing you can do, and this takes a bolder approach, but if they're saying something about like, yeah, I heard that she is broke. Like that's all her dad's money. It's not even her money. Then you say something like, oh, I mean, I guess I just feel bad because I know people were talking about my money issues. I'd be mortified. So I don't know. I just feel bad. That way you're saying like, oh God, you know, even though this person's taking pleasure, I'm going to show that I'm not taking pleasure. I actually feel really bad joining you in this conversation. And most times that kills the vibe. Like it's not fun to gossip with somebody who like empathizes with the victim. So, you know, that can shut it down too. And then finally, and this one's my favorite because it puts it on you and it doesn't make you look judgy, but you know, a third strategy to deal with that is you know, let's say a friend says, you know, oh, I heard that, you know, she cheated on him twice. Can you believe they're still together? Then you say something like, oh, oh my God, honestly, I have so much to say right now about that situation, but I am trying to do better about gossip. So let me just, I'm sorry, let me just shut my mouth. That shuts it down. It says like, yep, I normally gossip like you, but I'm trying to be mindful. I'm trying to do better. And most people are not going to continue because you just showed that you acknowledge it as a bad thing to do and no longer want to engage. But you did it in a playful way that says, girl, I hear you. And oh, yes, that is some tea. But I I can't join you right now, you know? And it kind of calls it out to be more like of a self-awareness thing. Like it kind of makes that other person a little bit more self-aware too if they had never even realized that they're kind of a shit talker. (laughs) Totally. Yes, exactly. I want you to... Tell me if this is good or bad. Usually my philosophy around it is I won't say anything about someone that I wouldn't say to them. 
Like, this is what I always say to Kara. Like, let's say a friend, they need to break up with their boyfriend because they cheated or whatever. If I have like expressed to that friend that I don't think that they're in a healthy relationship or yada, yada, and then that comes up in conversation with someone else, I feel like it's not going behind their back if that's already something that I have been completely open with that person about. So that way, like if other friend goes and is like, Allison said this about you, they're like, yeah, yeah, she did. She said that to me like five times. How do you, and I mean, I don't like make a habit of that. That's a great rule to go by. I think it's a great guide and you never find yourself in that moment where you're trying to explain and you look like you were being, you know, two-faced a little bit. So I think that's a great guideline to abide by. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I passed. (laughs) No, I love that tip. I've been saying that now too, because like, That is. It's a great way to put it. So obviously this year has been one of the toughest years for making friends. And I'm sure you've had to navigate that with people that come to you or take your course. What is someone's like first step if maybe they moved to a new city during COVID and a lot of things just aren't open anymore? Like what's a good first step into making new friends when maybe you've moved somewhere new or in a new situation during a pandemic? Yeah. So the very first tip I always give, because how do I make friends is probably hands down, the number one question always, but it always comes with some kind of qualifier. How do I make Mm -hmm. new friends in a new city? How do I make new friends at a new job? How do I make friends as a new mom? So it's always like, yeah, but this is the season and this is the reason I need the help. And you know, I'd say maybe 70% of the advice is the same and 30% is kind of personalized. But if you find Mm -hmm. yourself like, gosh, how do I meet friends when the social backdrops that I used to have have been removed? I can't Mm -hmm. go to the bar. I can't go to the club. I can't go, you know, then what do I do? And so even though that might have been your um, like more natural space where you felt comfortable and you knew what to do and there weren't any questions about like, can I get up close to you to say something or not? You know, that is kind of unpaused right right now. And I understand it's making us like rethink our strategy. So the first tip I, I always start with is remember that the phrase make new friends and meet new people are not the same. And we use them interchangeably. And so I really ask like, okay, do you want to make new friends or do you want to meet new people? Because making friends refers to the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. And a lot of us are sitting on potential friends. We already know, but we've dismissed them for some reason. She's too young or, well, she's not really my friend. She's Hannah's friend. She's not like, I mean, like I know her, but so we have a lot of people in our circle who we know and they're like warm leads, but we've like dismissed them because we want to start fresh with somebody who's like a stranger and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the first tip I like to give is, can you start with those who are already warm? Like y'all already have went to concerts together, but you just like fell off a little bit or you used to go out, but then you faded or you never really tried to make something, but you've always thought like, man, she's kind of cool, but you never tried to start there because you you already have some stuff to work with. That's the first thing. And then see what it can turn into. But the second thing is to, you know, start with interest groups. Now, I know we've heard that before of like, you know, I kind of get eye rolls on that tip of like, well, yeah, duh, Danielle. You know, like, yes, go online, find a group. But the thing is, we want to meet people in one-off silos and we expect it to happen like, we're in the coffee shop line and I say something funny in line and she's like, you're amazing. I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. And now I found my best friend. And it just, it doesn't always work like that. And so most of the reason why a lot of us become friends is because we have things in common. Like we think the same things are great or we think the same things are funny. I mean, I'm sure you've met a stranger and you guys find out you're binging the same show 
and automatically like, oh my God, I love you. Like, and you don't know anything else. And you're like, if you like that show, you're my people. So it proves that there's something really powerful about having something in common. So these interest groups like meetup.com, I know nobody's on Facebook anymore, but nobody really matches Facebook in terms of groups. Nobody's really matched that element of that social platform. But you have people coming together because they really are ride or die about this one thing. And so what is the thing you really love that you keep to yourself, but you've never thought to like go join other people who like the same thing? And so it kind of eliminates the weird small talk and I'm trying to get to know you because you already know you have this one big thing in common, whether it's astrology, Christianity, dog walking, cooking. Like some people love cooking and they binge these TikToks by themselves and they save these videos and that's it. What are you doing with that love for cooking? Why have you not connected with other people to cook together? A cooking class or some kind of course, whatever, but that's a way to meet people. And it's kind of like the buffer so that that small talk weird stuff is kind of gone a little bit. Um, And the third tip I get for like meeting friends is to contact what I call a super connector. So these are people who really thrive on introducing people together. I'm one of those. So I like to be like, oh my God, Maria, you have to meet my friend so-and-so like you guys would love each other. I love doing that. So who's your most extroverted super connector friend? You're going to text her or him and you're going to say, hey, I'm trying to get a little more plugged in. And I thought of you because you're always doing something cool. You're always like surrounded by a bunch of people. And I thought of you, is there any place around town that you think is worth like me checking out or any events coming up? So I don't put it on them. I'm just saying like, hey, can you hook me up with like some recommendations? Like what's going on around here? Because they're more like, they're likely to give you some recommendations that you can use to go and meet people. And this person's kind of sussed it out because it's somebody you trust. Or a lot of people are going to say, oh my gosh, yeah, we're going out on Tuesday. You should come. And so again, I mentioned this before, a lot of us are scared to make our desire known like because we're like, I'm going to look lame. I'm going to look desperate. But do you know how many people are eager to help you? Like they're eager to say like, oh my gosh, you should come with us. Oh, you should go to the place down the street, but we're scared to even like say it out loud. And so it starts by saying like, hey guys, I'm trying to get connected. Any tips? Where should I go? What's going on? Oh, the next time you guys go, let me know. But we're so terrified to do that. And so it really does start with expressing your desire, being okay with rejection. It's okay. And getting clear on what you like to do and finding ways to connect with other people on the things you like to do. And, you know, I know sometimes people are looking for like revolutionary out of the box tips on making friends, but those are three like tried and true ways to get it done. I also love that TikTok that you made. That was like, someone was like, oh, uh, I really like history. And then the other person was like, yeah, me too. Do you want to, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you explain that TikTok because I, I just loved that interaction of going two different ways. Yeah. So some of us do this and we mean no harm. So I, I never vilify people in my videos. I'm never like, oh, she's toxic. They're horrible. We just don't know any better, some of us. So a lot of times mm-hmm. when we meet new people, I'll, you know, maybe you'll say something like, yeah, so I really love to read. But you'll respond with like, oh my God, I hate reading. I don't know the last time I even opened a book. Now you're trying to bond with her and like make a little, you know, like banter a little bit. And you even say it like kind of funny and sarcastic and she laughs. So you mean well, but the problem is in a first interaction, the goal is to highlight common ground. I'm not saying why. I'm not saying don't be yourself because sometimes people will come for me in the comments and be like, well, I'm going to keep it real. Keep it real. That's 
That's cool. Great. Keep it real. Okay. But you don't have to harp on the things that are different. You're supposed to be harping on the things that are the same. Uh, Research has shown that it's really important to have, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the phrase, but we like people who like the same things as us. And so Mm -hmm. my job in the first interaction is to highlight how similar we are because we like people who are similar. Now, don't lie and be yourself but similarities. So if I ask somebody, you know, oh, what do you like to do? And she says, I like to read. And my mind goes, oh crap. Okay. I can't bond with her here because I don't like to read. Maybe my next question is like, oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. So like, you know, where are you into like the romance stuff, like the sci-fi history? And if she's like, oh my gosh, history all day. Then I say, oh my gosh, same. I mean, I'm mostly like a Netflix girl, but when I'm watching Netflix, I am watching like a historical documentary. I'm such a geek. Yes. You know, but now I've highlighted oh, wow, we are the same instead of, ugh, no, hated it, hated it, can't relate. That wasn't fun. Like, so then she leaves the interaction like, okay, cool. Like you just highlighted all the ways we probably won't get along. And so, (laughs) you know, try to do your best to highlight like, oh my gosh, me too. Or, oh, tell me more about that. If you find you really are stuck and you start to realize, oh my gosh, this girl is totally like so different. You don't have to match with comments all the time. You can ask questions. It's like the sneakiest way to have a positive interaction and you didn't have to do much is to say the magic phrase, which um, it's three words and that's tell me more. So if she says, I love Mm -hmm. Teresa, like, oh, interesting. Okay, tell me more. She's going to say like, I mean, I love these kinds of books and this kind of book or whatever. She says she's from Detroit. He's like, oh, interesting. I think I know somebody from Detroit. Tell me more. That's it. And you don't have to worry about being on and performing and saying the wrong thing. Um, And so, you know, highlight the ways you're the same. Stop shooting yourself in the foot by saying, oh, not me. Can't relate. Oh, you like beer? Oh my gosh, gross. I'm more of a wine girl. I can't do beer. I don't know how people do it. Okay, that's great. But can you say like, okay, what kind of beer? Or, you know, oh, what got you into beer? Like I, I tried it in college, but what got you into beer? Why beer? Are you not a wine drinker either? You know, so stop harping on the ways you're different. Your job in the first interaction is to mine for intel that you can see is the same and then play that up. Tell me more. I love that. Especially because in those first interactions that you were saying where someone said, oh, I hate that. That just sounds so negative. And if I was the other person, I would just think like, wow, that person is just so negative. Jeez. Yeah. And I know, and like I said, I know we do it to, we mean well, we're like being sarcastic Mm -hmm. and we even like, you know, the other person might even laugh, you know, but it's just like, wait a second. If my job is to create a feeling of like, oh, I like her. We have some things in common. That's my job. I'm not doing my job. I'm just telling her how different we are. You know, so just like contain that. You know, even if like you guys went to rival colleges, oh, where'd you go to school? Oh, University of Florida. Oh my God, I went to Florida State. Oh no, God. No, my response is, okay, I went to a big school too. How did you like a big school? Like the best, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so it does, it does take some skill. The more you do it, then you're like, okay, I think I got it. Um, But yeah, your job the first time is to find common ground. Um, And then on the flip side, I'll say to not dismiss her once you find a difference, because I'm going to call us out. Some of us do that. I think that sometimes we're secretly auditioning every girl for our best friend. And as soon as she says she likes some show or does something or whatever, we're like, Ooh, yeah, this isn't going to work for the silliest things, you know, and I've been guilty of it, but like push through and stop, you know, you see a little difference and you're like, Oh yeah, no, probably not. You know, so, so, you know, you got to keep that in the back of your pocket too. 
And I think having them elaborate, like how did you get into that? Because sometimes like even reading, that could be something that a lot of people didn't like from the get-go. But then later on, you're like, I just love to read before bed because I charge my phone out in the living room and it helps me fall asleep. And someone would be like, yeah, I kind of have that issue too. Like asking, I do think most people like to talk about themselves and or like something that they're excited and passionate about. So along with tell me more, like how did you get into that or how did you get started or what brought you into that is another thing that can carry the conversation for a long time. Totally. And it makes people walk away with that feeling of like, man, I don't know what it was about her, but I liked her. And the the trick you were doing was letting her talk about herself, which yes, is scientifically proven. It is the number one subject that we prefer to talk about. So why not let her? And I'm sure we've all been there. The girl who's super attentive and like, oh my God, that's really cool. Or that's so interesting. And then you leave, you're thinking she is so freaking cool. She is so nice. And it's just because she lets you talk about yourself. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. It's yeah. Kind of like, yeah. It's kind of like a mind trip. But I love that you said that people aren't intentionally trying to do these like negative things or are intentionally doing, I guess, like quote unquote, the wrong thing conversation. Cause we've said that in another episode, we did an episode about confidence and we gave some book recommendations because they're just books and conversations like this that just kind of call out those like little subtle social things, social cues, I guess that will totally improve your conversation skills, like just your appearance to other people that you don't even realize that you are or aren't doing, that you just gotta be made aware of. And like, that was totally a perfect one where like, I don't think those people are, yeah, genuinely trying to be negative or just saying wrong. Even know that they do it. And no one's really taught us. Like, I think that's great that you all are reading and recommending books to improve it because no one's saying, okay, here's the steps to, you know, open a conversation. Here's how, you know, so, you know, recently we did launch, um, like a, it's a six week program. It's called friendship elevated. And it walks you through the five phases of adult friendship. And the way I always talk about it is people will always say like, Oh, can you do a video on this? Or what about this? Right. Do a video. And then like, Oh, that's, you know, can you add this? Can you do, and I'll do that all day. It's fun for me. But at some point we need to be like, okay, I need like a whole transformation in my friendship. Like something at the root is messed up or I keep making the same mistake because why am I 35 and I'm still having this problem? So it's almost like running around your house trying to like patch up all the little holes. We need a new house. Like you're patching up the pipes, you're patching up. So we found a way to like help you master friendship in six weeks. Like we're going to touch on the five parts. And one of the things we really go into is like our connection part, which is phase number two. It's the four part process, you know, it sounds scientific, but of having a good conversation and the art of leaving it open for more. Because as soon as I give somebody tips on how to make friends, then the next thing is like, but then like, how do you keep it going? You know, like what if it was really cool, but like, but then like, okay, whose job is it to, you know, that's the, that's right. That's the next step. How do I keep momentum? And so, you know, you, no one ever taught us this. I wish they did. You know, um, I have, you know, these big speaking engagements and and high schools are starting to bring me in, which I like because they're like, yeah, we're seeing like these kids are struggling with like talking to people and making friends, but no one has taught them. Okay. Step one, here's how you open it. Step two, here's how you keep the conversation moving like effortlessly. Step three, here's how you leave it open so that 
now that we have to see each other again because of the way I creatively left it open. And so, you know, there's a way to do it, but I love that you all are are doing things like book recommendations and studying up on it because I think too many people think it's one of those things you either have it or you don't. And it can be learned. As soon as you think like, oh, I'm not one of those people. Oh, I, I don't know how to do all that. You can learn how to do it. And then you'll see a lot more opportunities for friendship once you do. I think I have two pretty big questions and you can answer whichever one first. One, like what are red flags to you in friendships? And two, if you, anything around friend breakups, like I think we've all gone through like a friend breakup. And like, if you think it's worth repairing those breakups or like how to move on from it, because it is like as intense sometimes as like a relationship breakup. So I'll let you take the mic. because Yeah. So the first one I'll just say, um, on our website, betterfemalefriendships.com, we have a downloadable guide and it's about the 13 traits of a quality friend. And this is like psychologists have put this together based on like, if you want a strong relationship, you need to have these qualities individually. And so if you go there and download it, you can look and then just look at the opposite of that. Those would be a red flag. So for example, you know, one is reliability. Somebody says they're going to do something and they do it. So the girl who is constantly not doing what she told you she'd do. Do you want to sign up to be a part of that when you can't count on her to come through? You know, you shouldn't be always guessing with your friend. You should feel like, oh, she's going to come through. She always comes through. And so, you know, little things like that. So that's at the website and you can download that and kind of like, you know, um, measure your friendships against that and see if you're dealing with people who, you know, you can really lean into. As far as friendship breakups, you know, I have so much to say there, but all I'll say is, you know, they are really painful. Many would argue maybe worse than like a romantic breakup. Um, I think that's for a couple of things. One, we don't have as much support culturally for platonic loss. So if, you know, just imagine the scenario, if you're with your friends at, you know, dinner and you have one friend who's arriving late and somebody said, okay, you guys be careful because, you know, she's going through a breakup right now. So just be a little sensitive. Everyone would be like, oh oh my gosh, of course, of course. If I said, everybody be a little sensitive. She's going through a friendship breakup right now. You'd be like, what? (laughs) Like, what is your problem? (laughs) Like, it's, it's laughable to us that you have hurt feelings over your friend. And even our advice to you is like, girl, please, then you didn't even need her. Like there's people who are so much better. Like we go into like, you didn't need that. Like she was awful. And and that's the extent of it, but it's not helpful sometimes. And so I think it takes us longer to even get over it because you don't have anywhere to really go to get the support you need. Um, or we feel silly that, you know, I'm 25 and my friend hurt my feelings. It's been two years. I'm not over it. Yeah, that's that's totally normal. Um, so that's the first thing I just want to say is like, it's okay to have like hurt feelings or cry over losing your friend. It is okay. And that is totally normal. We have so much intimacy in our female friendships. Of course, it's probably hurtful when that girl leaves your life, you know, because you went through so much. It's very painful. Um, if you're struggling to get over a friend breakup, the first thing I suggest is you need to change your language. And so at the risk of sounding like, you know, like a life coach, you know, you do have to have more language of gratitude. So a lot of us will talk about it like, yeah, she, I think this happened, or I think we stopped talking for this reason. And she just got too da 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 da. It's over. So now I'm talking about it in past tense instead of present tense. And I'm going to talk about it with gratitude, even if I don't believe it yet. Like, let's keep it real. Let's say you don't feel grateful yet. 
start training your mouth to, to say the words and your feelings will catch up. So maybe I say something, you know, somebody asked me, oh my God, what happened with you and Tasha? I might say, you know, I don't know. Like, I still don't know. But when I think about it, I have to say like, I'm really grateful that she was in my life the time she was because I needed her during college. And so I don't know what happened, but I'm really thankful. Like we were friends, you know, during that time because I needed that. That's it. But it starts to train your brain to like, it's closed. It's done. I'm grateful for it. I'm moving on. That whole fixating on it and ruminating on it. And I wonder what happened. And she never really said why she's, you know, cut me off. You'll probably never know. Like, I don't mean to be negative. You'll probably never know. Now what? But a lot of us were like taking that into our next friendship because we never got over it. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a problem. You're setting everybody involved up because you still have some unresolved stuff. Um, so change your language, change your scenery. If you had a friend who was very integrated into your life, then you start to see her everywhere. Like you're still going to the same restaurants or doing the same things. And so you are going to notice like, gosh, this is not the same. Okay. Can you change your scenery a little bit? Can you change the things that you were doing on Saturdays? Can you get into new groups so you can meet new people? And so, you know, those are some tips to help us kind of like get our heart right, get our mind right so we can move on. But ultimately, if you're listening and you're really struggling with that, it is totally, totally normal. Wow. I know I can relate to that. I'm sure Allison can too. I feel like that was such good advice. And you literally have, like, I've never heard anything like that elsewhere. And you're right. No one talks about friendship breakups. So thank you for that. Um, I think we can go ahead and ask our final question. We have a signature question that we ask on every single episode. We're called Already Friends. So to you, Danielle, what makes a good friend? I think a good friend at the end of the day is somebody who is happier for you than you are for yourself. Like when you have wins or when you think you are just the worst person in the world, they see so much good in you that they just, your success is their own. Your achievement is theirs. If you are beating yourself up, they speak life into you because they're like, what are you talking about? You're the smartest person I know. Like, who cares if you failed that test? You just need to study. Like a person who sees such good in you, I think makes for a good friend. And so of course there's like so much you can say beyond that. But I say the person who's happier for you than you are for yourself is probably going to be a really solid friend. Your number one cheerleader. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me. We never get the same answer. I love that so much. That's awesome. That was really good because there have been times that I've like told Clay of, I'm like, this person was literally more excited for me about this than I even was. And that does, that says a lot. That Isn't that like such a good feeling? I, I recently told a friend something and I was like, you know, it's not a big deal. I don't know, but it, you know, this thing happened, but it's not a big deal. And she was like, had tears in her eyes. And she was like, are you kidding? Oh my God, this is so amazing. This is so, and I just was like giggling to myself because I was tickled by how much she cared, but it was just like, she is just such a solid friend that she had joy for me having a success in something. And it just was really, it was really beautiful. I mean, again, that requires a little of self-confidence on your own to be able to be happy for other people. But again, it's just a, a good trait to look for in somebody new. I love that. This was an amazing episode. 
I feel like this probably should have been like our first episode of the podcast. <laughs> so I'm so glad we got to have you on. This is much needed information, especially after people had such a year of being alone, huge life changes, people graduating, high school, college, new cities. There's always a need. So go ahead and plug yourself. Where can people find all of your accomplishments and content and yeah, so everything's on betterfemalefriendships.com. If you're on TikTok, I'm at the friendship expert. And that's where you can just go and get a bunch of free tips. And then hopefully your female friendships will be better because of it. Yay. Amazing. Well, thank you again. Yeah, that was another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. It means the world to us that you are listening, liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram. We are really trying to build up our rating in Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a review, we are a review and a rating. We are doing a giveaway at the end of the year for AirPod Pros. So Kara is going to tell you how you can enter that giveaway. Yes. So to be entered into this giveaway, you need to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Go ahead and click five-star, write a little snippet about what you're enjoying about the podcast, and then screenshot that and send it to our Instagram at We're Already Friends. That way you'll be entered, we'll see it, and yeah, we're doing the drawing at the end of the year. So again, thank you for your support. It really means the world to us and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.